The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and tested him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? He said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not eat. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, and marries another, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If that is the case of man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so, some because they were made so by others, some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Uh, this is my first uh, Mass back from vacation. Um, and really since uh, last Tuesday, uh, with the election and the uh, vote on value them both. Um, so I've been like many of you, I've kind of been a little disappointed with the outcome. Uh, and when I uh, read those words in our gospel, Jesus saying, because of the hardness of your hearts, somehow that really kind of stings and rings uh, true with just, uh, you know, the disappointment that uh, we all felt. Um, so like many people, so what do you do? You divert your attention. Uh, so we got um, recommended to watch a movie while we were on vacation. And um, the name of the movie, it's, it's, it's not, I don't think I'm ruining anything, it's a 20-year-old movie. Um, it's called The Shortcut to Happiness. And um, it was back in 2007. And, uh, you know, it's a common storyline. Here's a writer who is really down on his luck. He hasn't had any, you know, uh, success. He's not making any money. He's kind of really at the end of his rope. Uh, and, of course, who comes to save him? It's uh, the devil. And uh, offers him success. And in his mind, he's like, yeah, I'd like success. And so he does the, you know, what the stories we read about this, you know, he traded his soul for success. Well, he pretty quickly realizes that success is selling a lot of books. He has fame and power and, uh, you know, prestige. But nobody likes his books. They, they really, they, they can't stand them. They're, they don't move anyone. And he starts realizing that success is pretty hollow. Yeah, he made money, people were buying books, but they didn't like them. And he started to realize how 
unfulfilling that was. Um, I bring that up because I see that in our first reading. Here, Israel has achieved success, but they really forgot how they got there. They forgot what success was really about. And Israel is relishing in this success, but it looks to itself as that success, as opposed to who made them successful. It's the love of God, and they've forgotten that. Well, somehow, uh, you know, with me, I, I, I started thinking about the sign of peace when Father Michael stand up there and he says, you know, Jesus said, I offer you my peace. And he's going to say something about, but look not upon our sins, but the faith of your church. And I really started, where did that come from? Look, don't look at our sins, but the faith of your church. And, and it is, it's bringing us, it's bringing us unity. And the trail I went on, which was really fascinating, takes us back to our baptism, our entry into the church. The priest will say, what, of the parents, what do you ask of the church? And the answer is baptism. And there's some follow-on that goes on with that, and it's part of the statement, but faith is another response. Baptism starts faith, and the church is the nurturer and teacher of our faith. And so it's this unity that we have in our church and in what the church teaches. So I was thinking about this again as we go back to, um, you know, the efforts we have with, you know, trying to basically teach our world what's important to us. And sometimes that means that we've got more work to do. Um, I was drawn to a quote by G.K. Chesterton. Uh, at some point in his life, people were saying, why doesn't the church get more with it, with the world? And he famously said, we don't want a church that moves with the world. We want a church that moves the world. And that's really what our church is doing. It's teaching us the values of life and really where our faith is centered. And we can't really look at setbacks or things that would say, well, that didn't go according to plan. You know, God works in mysterious ways. And it means that we have to really focus in on our faith, be more dedicated, and actually learn in a deeper way what the values of life really mean to us and how they are central parts of our faith and our church. Let's stand and offer our petitions.